Welcome to Coastline Church, seeking renewed faith in Humboldt County by being settled and secure in God's love. To learn more, visit coastlinefoursquare.com. The Lord loves all he has made, and he keeps all his promises. And when he says, I will never leave you nor forsake you, that's exactly what he means. That's pretty exciting that we have someone we can trust. So let's get done with our um, announcements, and then we're going to pray for Fran. Uh, Women's Morning Bible Study at 9 a.m. Thursday. All ladies are welcome. You're exploring the Psalms of Degrees. Men can connect with Pastor Steve. Where is Pastor Steve? Mm -hmm. <laughs> Men can connect with Pastor Steve, and he can let you know about the current options. I hope everybody's kind of plugged into something. You've got to be fed. you got to seek it out and, and take it in. Receive it and act on it, right? Right on. <laughs> so, Lord, we bring a friend to you right now. I ask, Lord, that you would just heal her body, that she would recover totally and completely with no complications. And, Lord God, I ask that your hand would be upon her right now, warming her soul, warming her spirit, and just giving her a newness in her body, mind, soul, and spirit, Lord God. I ask that you would just refresh her, and we build her, restore her, bring her back home safely, Lord. And we just praise you for her in Jesus' name. We praise you, Lord. We praise the Lord because he is our healer, Jehovah Rapha. So how do you make really important choices in your life? What? How do you decide what, which way to go, what to do, what choice to make, which is best? Do you trust your gut? Right. Do you trust a friend's advice? Do you toss dice for your lucky number and see that it comes out? Okay, flip a quarter. Well, in the Old Testament, they used to use the Ur, excuse me, Urim and Thummim. Now, these were little pieces of bone or wood or a rock, and they would uh, stick it in a little pouch, and then it went into the ephod, that the high priest would wear, and that is how he would uh, judiciously um, make his decisions. And um, they were used to reveal an answer to a question or reveal the will of God. And so in judicial cases, the ermine meant you were guilty, and the thuman meant you were innocent. So do you have some big, let's get our ermine er, and Thuman out, <laughs> and, and uh, let's make some decisions. Do you have some big decisions in your life coming up? Well, how about buying a new car? I have been procrastinating for a long time about buying a new car because I love my truck. It's a good baby girl. <laughs> how about getting some life insurance? How about changing jobs? Buying a new home, or do I rent? Do I invest? Stocks and bonds? Do I move to another state? Who do I vote for? Should I get married? To who should I get married? So many times in our lives, we need some solid, sound knowledge on how to help us choose the right way, the best way, the only way that is for our well-being and our benefit. 
wouldn't it be easy, you know, if we, uh, when we needed to make a right choice, if there was this visible signpost, have you seen those posts where it says New York that way? Oh, excuse me, New York that way <laughs> and Hawaii that way. Okay, wouldn't it be wonderful if we had something easy like that? A signpost in the middle of the road? All right. So um, what even better would be is if there were signposts in the middle of our decision-making where we got a sign that said bad choices that way enter at your own risk and your own consequences. Or how about good choices that way? You know that the right hand of God is where righteousness and his authority dwells because Jesus sits at the right hand of God. So Proverbs 3.21, oh man, there's so much wisdom in Proverbs and a lot of it is contrast for the good and evil, the wise man, the fool. The, there's so much in there about wisdom and discernment. So Proverbs 3.21 says, My son, preserve sound judgment and discernment. Do not let them out of your sight. They are life to you and an ornament around your neck. And just like when we wear, wear jewelry, right, Kelly? I noticed your necklace right away. And I thought, oh, that's so beautiful. And it just sparkles in the in light fixture. You know, it's just like, ooh, I saw that. Well, the same is, is if someone has discernment. It says that it is an ornament to grace your neck. We see that wisdom, that knowledge, that understanding, that distinguishing, that discernment that that person has, and we admire them. It is like a beautiful necklace around their neck. They are an ornament to grace your neck, and then you will go your way in safety, and your foot will not stumble. Okay? Although wisdom and discernment are connected, wisdom is head knowledge, it's knowing right from wrong, and you can have one without, you can't have one without the other. Nourish, uh, knowledge and discernment are connected. Discernment is choosing to take the path of right versus wrong, and wisdom is the knowledge and understanding from reading the word. And discernment is a spiritual gift Oh my goodness, it's a gift which helps you to choose the truth from what you've read and apply it to your life. So 1 Corinthians 12.4 tells us about the spiritual gifts that God gives all of us when we believe. There are different kinds of gifts, it says in 1 Corinthians 12.4. This is from the Living Bible. Different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit. And there are different kinds of service from the same Lord. There are different kinds of working, but the same God works all of them in all men. The Holy Spirit displays God's power through each of us as a means of helping the entire church. So it's for the common good of the church that we have these spiritual gifts, and it is a gift from God, just like our salvation. To one person, the Spirit gives the ability to give wise advice. Someone else may be especially good at studying and teaching, or crocheting, or knitting, or fixing cars or fixing computers, teaching children. Okay. So he gives special, he, the one person he gives the ability to give wise advice. Someone else may be especially good at studying and teaching. And this is his gift from the same spirit. 
He gives special faith to another and to someone else the power to heal the sick. We've been talking about that this morning. Thank God for those people who believe and, and walk in that healing spirit that helps other people. And um, what does it do for us? Oh, it encourages us. Not only are we grateful to Jesus, our healer, but wow, something changes in us when we get that special touch from the Lord. And mine and Joyce's, we were just talking about that, just came through a healing moment where we were totally healed. Amen. So he gives power for doing miracles to some and to others power to prophesy and preach. He gives someone else the power to know, to discern, to distinguish, to understand, and the ability to test things. Whether evil spirits are speaking through those who claim to be giving God's messages or whether it is really the Spirit of God who is speaking, it's a special knowledge and discernment and distinguishment. Still another person is able to speak in languages he never learned, and others do not know the language either, are given power to understand what he is saying. It is the same and only Holy Spirit who gives all these gifts and powers, deciding and determining which one, which person should have which one. No. So in that uh, verse, we can see that discernment is a gift. It's given by God through the Holy Spirit. It's designed to benefit the whole church. It gives us supernatural power and abilities. And the Holy Spirit gives a particular gift to whom he chooses. And we are to share and work our gift to the glory of God. So someone who has the gift of spiritual discernment is a very wise person and knows there is more to it than just being wise. What good is a gift if you don't receive it? What good is it if you don't open it? And what good is a gift if you don't use it? There needs to be application and action. Some cinnamon, cinnamon. <laughs> Some synonyms of the word discernment are to distinguish, discriminate, insight, understanding, wisdom, brilliance, awareness, knowledge of spiritual truth. Therefore, antonyms, just the reverse, would be ignorance, stupidity, and folly. Which would you rather be known for? Discernment is the ability God gives to his people to think and perceive and make good choices because they're in tune to the Spirit of God. And He's working in us. He indwells us and He works through us. We are such a profound, chosen, precious treasure to God that He would give us special abilities and power to do His will. It allows you to know and understand things through the power of the Holy Spirit. It helps you to perceive the source and meaning of spiritual manifestations, as in recognizing lying spirits. It is God talking to me by his spirit, or is it the enemy of my soul trying to do harm or deceive me? Simply put, it's the ability to decide between truth and error, right and wrong, good from evil, and to know God's will and direction for us. It means that we have the ability to perceive distinctions accurately, assessing it, examining it, testing it, and aren't we told to test the spirits, and paying strict attention to the details. And 1 John 4, 1 says, Dear friends, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether they are from God. That's your gift of discernment. 
because many false prophets have come, have gone out into the world. And you know, as time gets close to the end, there we're already told in the Bible there. Be work that discerning gift because there's going to be much deception in the last days. It is a gift given by the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. Believers receive and develop discernment by reading and memorizing, staying in that word, and through the renewing of the mind. And like a muscle, your gift of discernment can grow in effectiveness. The more you use it, the more you exercise it, and you give it what it wants. And what does the gift of discernment want? The word. It wants more of God's word. So Romans 12, 2, do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his perfect and good will. And Hebrews 5, 14, when we hold on to God's truth, it says then, by constant use, we are being trained to distinguish, discern, between good and evil. Because it is a spiritual gift, it is God who reveals things to us by his spirit. It goes on to say, we have not received the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God. It is God's Holy Spirit that does this work in us. That we may understand that God has freely given us this gift. It's not human wisdom, but it is taught by the Holy Spirit, expressing spiritual truths in spiritual words. <clears throat> the man without the Spirit does not accept the things that come from the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness to him, and he can't understand them because they are spiritually discerned. They come from God. And sometimes we can trust our own decision-making skills we can't trust ourselves sometimes, I hate to say that, but we can always trust God to lead us, lead us into paths of righteousness for his name's sake. You know, we're told to trust the Lord, trust in the Lord, and this is Sandy's favorite, favorite verse. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. Acknowledge him in all your ways and he will make your path straight. Don't make an important decision or move in that direction until you have consulted with your king because he's the authority over everything. and He will point the way in which you should go. So we are told to trust those. Okay, Isaiah 48, 17, the Lord says, I am the Lord your God who teaches you to profit, who leads you in the way you should go. He knows what is best for his children. He is our father, our Abba, Daddy. He knows us the best. A rich man may be wise in his own eyes, but a poor man who has discernment sees through him. He sees through him because he has discernment. He tests it, examines it, he assesses it. He figures it out. He questions it by the word of God. We can easily be deceived thinking that because a person is rich that they must have it all together. We get these, we can't even trust ourselves that we see a rich man, we think, wow, he's rich, he must be wise and clever and have it all together, a big house, a rich car, oh my goodness. But a person who has discernment can spot the rich man's motives and lack of good judgment and choose not to follow in his footsteps 
or take his advice. We cannot rely on other people's so-called wisdom or advice, what they tell us, oh, you should do this or you should do that or you should go that way or that way. No, we can't trust that. We have to trust God and God alone because he's the only one that has our best interests. And why? Because he loves us and he's a good God. So there was a man, a fellow, who was stuck on his rooftop during a flood. And it came higher and higher and higher, and he kept moving up higher and higher on his house. And soon a man, and and at this time that he was moving up his house, he was praying that God would save him. And so along came a motorboat, I'm sorry, a rowboat. He came by and and the gentleman rowing says, get in, I can save you. And the stranded man said, no, it's okay. I'm praying to God and he's going to save me. So the rowboat moved along. And after that, a motorboat pulled up alongside of him and it was full of people being saved. And the driver called out, jump in, I can save you. Oh, from the roof, the man said, oh, no, it's okay. I'm praying to God and I know he's going to save me. Then a helicopter hovered over the man who was now clinging to the chimney of his house because the water was so high. And he let down the rescue ladder and told the fellow, grab a hold, I can save you. The fellow replied, that's okay. I'm praying to God and he'll save me. Well, the flood waters rose and the man drowned. And when he arrived in heaven, he questioned God with, I prayed, I prayed that you would save me. What happened? And God said, well, I don't know what happened. I sent a rowboat, a motorboat, and a helicopter. What more did you expect? (laughs) Sometimes we get stuck in indecision, right? And we start looking at all the closed doors so long that we miss the one that's been opened for us by the Lord. This is why having discernment is so valuable to us. It allows us to see both doors. And with wisdom, discernment, to choose the right one. You know, it delights God to hear his... Children ask for gifts that honor him. And if any of you lack wisdom, he says, or discernment, same thing, he would ask God who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to him. God doesn't say, well, I don't think you deserve it. You haven't been all that good. Or you're just not worthy of it. Or I'd be wasting a fine gift on you. No, he does not say those things to you because he's so happy to hear your voice and that you have the faith to come to him and ask him for whatever you need. He says, ask me. Ask me and I will give generously and abundantly and assuredly. Psalm 119 says, I am your servant. Give me discernment that I may understand your statutes. Because I love your commands more than gold, more than pure gold, and because I consider all your precepts right, I hate every wrong path. Your statutes are wonderful, therefore I obey them. The unfolding of your words give light. It gives understanding to the simple. So direct my footsteps according to your word. There's that connection between discernment and the word of God and how interlocked they are. You know, we can boil that verse down 
to one sentence, and that is love what God loves and hate what God hates. Run the decision you're about to make through this grid. What does God love? What does God hate? And you will be on the right track. An example of discernment is found in 1 Kings 3. And it's about Solomon. David has died, and um, Solomon is on the throne. He's assumed the throne, and he is um, seeking God. And God visits him at um, a place, and just like when he, he met with uh, Jacob last week, right? The last time I preached, God came to him. God spoke to him. God wrestled with him. And so now God is visiting Solomon. So Solomon showed his love for the Lord by walking according to the instructions given him by his father David, except that he offered sacrifices and burned incense on the high places. Those high places, those were also where people were uh, burning incense and giving offerings to idols. And so that word except there, that's a discernment that, that you can go. He was really good, except he was still, he was doing some things that would offend God. So the king went to Gibeon to offer sacrifices, for that was the most important high place. And Solomon offered a thousand burnt offerings on the altar. And at Gibeon, the Lord appeared to Solomon during the night in a dream. And God said, ask for whatever you want to give want me to give you. And Solomon answered, You have shown great kindness to your servant, my father David. And because he was faithful to you and righteous and upright in heart, remember he was a man after God's own heart, even though he did wrong. God knew his heart so well. He knew the path that David would take. And gave him a son to sit on his throne at this very day. Now, Lord, my God, you have made your servant king, your servant king in place of my father David. But I'm only a little child and do not know how to carry out my duties. Your servant is here among the people you have chosen, a great people, too numerous to count or number. So give your servant a discerning heart to govern your people and to distinguish between right and wrong. For who is able to govern this great people of yours? The Lord was pleased that Solomon had asked for this, and so God said to him, Since you have asked for this and not for long life or wealth or fame or fortune, nor have asked for the death of your enemies, but for discernment in administering justice, I will do what you have asked. I will give you a wise and discerning heart, so that you will never have been so that there will never have been anyone like you, nor will there ever be anyone like you. Moreover, I will give you what you have not asked for, both wealth and honor, so that in your lifetime you will have no equal among kings. And if you walk in obedience to me and keep my decrees and commands as David your father did, I will give you a long life. And then Solomon awoke, and he realized it, that it had been a dream. He returned to Jerusalem and stood before the Ark of the Lord's Covenant and sacrificed burnt offerings and fellowship offerings. And then he gave a feast for all of the people there. 
So he was going to practice this discernment, this, this wisdom in ruling God's, God's chosen people. And he did it by this. Now two prostitutes came to the king and stood before him. And one of them said, pardon me, my Lord, this woman and I live in the same house. And I had a baby while she was there with me. And the third day after my child was born, this woman also had a baby. We were alone and there was no one in the house but the two of us. During the night, this woman's son died because she lay on him. So she got up in the middle of the night and took my son from my side while I, your servant, was asleep. She put him by her breast and put her, her dead son by my breast. And the next morning, I got up to nurse my son, and he was dead. But when I looked at him closely in the morning light, I saw that it wasn't my son that I had born. The other woman said, No, the living one is my son. The dead one is your son. But the first one insisted, no, the dead son is yours. The living one is mine. And so they argued before King Solomon. The king said, this one says, my son is alive and your son is dead. While the other one says, no, your son is dead and mine is alive. Then the king said, bring me a sword. So they brought a sword for the king. He then gave an order, cut the living child in two and give half to one and half to the other. Seems fair, right? The woman whose son was alive was deeply moved out of love for her son and said to the king, please, my Lord, give the living baby, give her the living baby. Don't kill him. But the other one said, neither I nor you shall have him. Cut him in two. And then the king gave his ruling. <clears throat> Give the living baby to the first woman. Do not kill him. She is his mother. When all, <coughs> excuse me, when all Israel heard the verdict the king had given, they held the king in awe. Because they saw that he had wisdom from God to administer justice. That's discernment. You, you realize truth. You recognize it because you've tested it and you've examined it. If you do not have discernment or are unwise, <coughs> excuse me, you will be easy to deceive. And Jesus tells us, do not be deceived. You have the Holy Spirit living in you to guide you, to teach you, and to lead you in the way you should go to help you make decisions and to carry them out with confidence. And he says, do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. This is what discernment helps you to do. It helps you to make wise decisions because you have understanding of things and you have the spirit of the holy God living in you, working in you to keep you from deception, to keep you from a wrong way, a wrong decision. Because God is good and he wants only good for us. So as I leave you, remember this, that God loves all that he has made and he keeps all his promises. When he says you need the spirit of discernment, he means you need the spirit of discernment. And in this day and in the latter days, you're going to need it all the more because there will be so much deception. We need the Lord every day. 
not not only to, to make these silly little decisions and say, okay, what, what pair of shoes goes with what pair of pants? But he's, he's interested in that too. He's interested in every detail of, of his children's lives. But more so to be in the spirit world, not in the not in the world's way of looking at things, but perceiving God's uh, viewpoint on things, that's when you will have discernment and you will please the Lord and honor him and give him the glory uh, when you reach your end. So thank you and let's pray. Mm -hmm. Holy God, I just thank you that we can come to you and we can ask for your help on any, any question that we have, any decision that we need to make. There's nothing too small, Lord God, that you cannot help us and you can point us in that way that you want us to go. So thank you for your Holy Spirit that you give to us. You're so good. You give good gifts, good, good gifts. Help us to open them and then to, to uh, put them into action, Lord God. And so I want to uh, pray this prayer from Philippians 1.9. And this is my prayer that you may abound more and more in knowledge and depth of insight so that you will be able to discern what is best and may be pure and blameless until the day of Jesus Christ, filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ to the glory and to the praise of God. So thank you. I hope you have a wonderful day. Thank you for joining us today at Coastline Church. To find out more information, please visit coastlinefoursquare.com.